Hey, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and I am so glad that you joined me today. We're going to take a look back today at a past pre-recorded sermon that was recorded at Kirkland Life Church on a Wednesday night, but I know that God has a plan for it to speak to your heart today, and I pray that he blesses you through it. God, we thank you for this moment in your presence. Lord, we thank you for your love for us, your, your salvation. We thank you for the gospel that's so rich. Lord, I thank you for meeting us here in worship. And God, I pray that as we keep this attitude of worship, that Lord, you'll just continue to confirm things to our hearts. And God, I pray that you'd wash us by your word. Help us to see clearly what you're trying to say to us. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Gracie, thank you so much. What an awesome presence of God uh, in this place. Tonight we're going to continue the conversation that Pastor John started on Sunday when he started talking about forgiveness. And tonight we're going to talk about forgiveness, um, not just us forgiving other people, but us being honest enough with God to bring ourselves before him. And just like I mentioned at the beginning when we were talking about Matthew, and automatically I thought, I wouldn't have forgotten the bread. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have done that. So many times God wants to just look, let, let us look at situations again and say, hey, is there some, some sort of um, unrepentance in your heart, pride that you don't see or something you don't see? So we're going to talk about um, forgiving other people, but then also bringing the truth of who we are before God um, because he wants to set us free and he wants to forgive us. Can you picture a teenager, uh, maybe like a 16-year-old saying, you ruined my life? Can you just, can you picture every teenager at some point in their life turning to their parents, not quietly, not gracefully, but angrily stomping and saying, you've ruined my life. Uh, sometimes for teenagers, it's a small thing that they just feel like it's all over. My life is ruined and it's pretty dramatic. Um, <laughs> but there's also sometimes that there are things in fact that actually actually ruin our lives. There are situations, there are things that have been done or said that actually do change the whole course of our lives. I want to present that possibly not forgiving others can quite frankly ruin our lives. Holding on to something can, can ruin our lives. It can dampen our everyday. It can clog our mind. It can bring depression. It can bring physical sickness. It can bring all kinds of things uh, to us. Pastor John on Sunday mentioned that there are situations that bring it to a court of law, bring it before somebody else, and they would say, you have every right to be angry. <laughs> You have every right to call that person guilty and not forgive them. No one would blame you. I want to take a look at one of the best biblical examples of that, of someone who had every right to be angry. And we're going to go to the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 50. And <laughs> Joseph was uh, one of many children and I wish the Searsons were here tonight because they would be a good reference point of one of many children <laughs> There was a ton of kids, 
and Joseph was the second young, youngest. And many of us know this story, but I want to review quickly. Joseph was his father's favorite. Joseph had dreams from the Lord. He had words from the Lord uh, in dreams that God had given him. And one day Joseph goes to check out, check out his, check on his brothers who are working, and they devise a plan, and they literally ruin his life. Not just a teenage, like, stomp my foot, you ruined my life, mom, because I can't go to the movies. They really ruined his life. They took him and physically threw him in a pit in the ground, almost like a well where he couldn't get out. And he's in a pit. In that pit, his brothers had ruined his life. And then they take him and they sell him into a lifetime of slavery. His life was literally ruined. And I'm sure at that point, as Joseph is walking through those situations, he can think of his brother's names almost like swear words, <laughs> you know? He can think of them. They literally ruined his life. He's bought by Potiphar and brought into his house to work as a slave day after day. He's never going to pay off his debt. His whole life is now slavery. Then he's wrongly accused and thrown in prison. And we're not just talking about this is just a really bad year. <laughs> It's a bad lots of years. These are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, holidays, birthdays, all in prison. And what are his thoughts towards his brothers who actually ruined his life? Instead of bitterness growing, a miracle was happening in Joseph. And as the story goes, and as the story goes in many stories of the Bible, many accounts that in the darkness, out of the ashes, out of nothing left, comes a miracle. We sing about it all the time with Jesus' death and the darkness of those days, and then Jesus comes to life. We look at people's lives like Ruth and Naomi, and things are ruined, and they're done, and everyone says, let's turn our backs, let's walk away, that story's over. The miracle keeps happening at, for the children of God where things are brought back to life. And a miracle was happening in Joseph. So we, many of us know the story. Joseph is, in fact, this is all part of God's plan. And in fact, he's there, gets out of jail by listening to the Lord being used of God to interpret a dream. And then he's elevated right alongside the, the leader of Egypt, the Pharaoh of Egypt. He's second in command. And because of his wisdom given to him by God alone, and you can see his humility of knowing it's God, he is able to save the known world from famine. And so this is God's plan, even though for day after day, year after year, it seemed like his life was, was really never going to improve. God had a plan. And so Joseph uh, stores up grain and food, and the people in Egypt are saved, but also the Israelites, the children of God, are saved as well. So Joseph's brothers come back, and his father comes back, and they're living, comes to Egypt, actually, and is living with Joseph. Now, Joseph's dad dies, and the brothers are a little afraid at this point because they think now that the dad has died, Joseph can come back and really uh, take revenge because the dad's not there to protect them kind of as that barrier. Now they feel like the real colors of Joseph are going to have to come out, and things are going to get bad. And we're going to pick up the story in Genesis 50, verses 15 through 21. Joseph, whose brothers have ruined his life, now alone with his brothers, the dad is dead, and this is what they say to him. Genesis 50, verses 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back? 
for all the wrongs we did to him. So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. Now, most likely he didn't say these things. He might have said these things, but this is the brother's ploy to get Joseph not to kill them. In verse 17, this is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. They did it. They were wrong. They treated him bad. They sinned against him. They ruined his life. They deserve to be thrown in jail themselves. They deserve to pay for what they did. So then it says, now please forgive the sins of the servant of the God of your father. When the message came to him, Joseph wept. Why did he weep? He wept because he thought, how is it that my brothers don't realize that I actually forgave them? Verse 18, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. He reassured them and spoke kindly to them. You ruined my life. Don't be afraid. I'll provide for you. You ruined my life. I'll provide for your children. You ruined my life, and now I'm going to reassure, reassure you. You ruined my life, and he's speaking kindly to them. Whew. No thanks. (laughs) Let's jump over to Luke chapter 6. And we've mentioned this every Wednesday night, um, but it fits again. Luke chapter 6, 27 to 37. Uh, This is Jesus speaking. And he says very similar words that go right along with Joseph. Once I can find Luke 6, we will read it. I know it's behind me, but... It says this. I had a bookmark in there and everything. (laughs) It says this. But to you who are listening, that's anyone online, anyone here tonight, Jesus saying, if you're listening, love your enemies. (laughs) Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. (laughs) Uh, Again, no thanks. But that's the message of the gospel. That's the message of forgiveness. To love our enemies. The problem is, if I love my enemies or if I forgive someone who wronged me, how is justice going to be done? Who's going to take care of that person? They did something wrong. Who's going to make it right? And the answer is God. And God will do it in such a better way than we ever could. God will use it for good and not for evil, not to destroy them unto death, but to restore them. And so... That's usually our hang-up, but where's justice? And God says that vengeance is his. We look at what happens to Joseph's brothers, and God had a plan for each and every one of them, and God took care of them. Who is, is elevated among them? Joseph. What will happen in heaven? God will take care of it. But that's our big holdup all the time. But how is this going? Where's justice? If I release them, who is going to hold them accountable? It's not up to us, though to hold them accountable. It's up to the Lord. And this is a a moment of trust. Do I trust God enough to take care of this person in this situation? Or do I feel like I'm above God and I got to take care of it? 
I got to show them. I got to teach them. Isn't God a better teacher? Isn't God a better restorer, a better corrector, a better bringing of all that we need? Do we trust God to meet our needs or do we have to bring justice? Maybe I need to keep a record of this wrong. Maybe I got to write it down and hold on to it. And God says, no, release it. Here's your example in Jesus. Here's your example of, of letting sin go. The miracle of releasing wrongs done to us. The miracle of trusting God. This is a supernatural practice. This is not human to actually give away our frustration, to give away our pain to God. And like Pastor John said, it can take years. It can take time and time of reminding our hearts that we've already forgiven, reminding ourselves we already let it go. I bet you Joseph had to keep doing that. And that's why he wept when his brothers brought this to him, because he had already worked it through so many times. He worked it through in the pit and in slavery and in jail that when they came to him, he's like, I've already let this go. But you were kind to me and blessed me and spoke kindly to, to me. That's what leads others to God. Not us restoring justice on someone, letting them know. How is it you were kind to me? You know, in the moments where I've had my biggest blunders, it hasn't been the people who have brought a, a firm hand of correction on me. Not that we don't need correction, but it was the people that said, hey, you want to talk? You want to go out for lunch? Can we, can we talk about this? Those are the people that, that help to, to guide you in the right way. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all else, love each other. Above everything else. So we can look at all the commandments. We can look at all the stuff. We can look at all the rules. We can look at tithing. We can look at um, serving. We can look above everything. Love each other deeply. And that means forgiveness. Remember, love covers a multitude of sins. John 3.11 says this. This is the message that you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. There is a, a historical story about John being brought out as an old man, and this is not recorded in the Bible, but through historians, that they would bring John out to talk to the people. And every day they would bring him out, and they would say, John, speak to us, speak to us. And he would say, my little children, love each other. And they would bring him home. The next day he would come out, speak to us, John, speak to us. And he would say the same thing. My little children, love one another. And I do believe that God would say that to us today again and again. Could you love? Could you supernaturally love? God is love. God so loved us that he forgave our sins. Can we so love someone else to forgive their sins? You can't be justified in not forgiving because it ruined your life. You can't say, well, I chose not to forgive because it was bad enough not to forgive. Could you imagine Jesus saying that over my life? Well, Jill, it's, that one was too bad. Or you've done it too many times, 70 times seven. This is, you've met your quota and I'm no longer forgiving you. But really, what's really ruining our own hearts, clogging up our own minds, is unforgiveness. We must forgive everyone. And then God will forgive us as well. 
This is not easy. This is supernatural. This is not a one-time, one-and-done thing. It's bring it before the Lord. When we sing those songs of surrendering to God, it's surrendering the hurt, the pain, all of that as well to God, saying, God, help me to forgive. This is not staying in unhealthy situations. This is not letting people continually abuse us. This is a deep supernatural forgiveness where we don't carry around the daily fight with that person in our mind. We don't carry around the daily pain anymore because we've given it to God. So the other side of that, we have Joseph who had every reason to be able to not forgive. And now we have to look at God and we have to ask ourselves, is it really true that God will also forgive us? Is that really true? Can we trust God enough that we can be authentic before him and bring our stuff before him and say, God, look at this. He already sees, he already knows who we really are and what we struggle with, but have we named it before him and said, God, I struggle with pride. God, I struggle with whatever it is. Are we trusting enough of God that he'll actually forgive us, that we can truly bring ourselves before God? God won't disown you for being honest. God won't say that, you know, that's it. There's a quote from uh, Ruth Haley Barton, a book that I just read by her, and it says, if you have not gotten to a place where we can, we are quite certain that there's no catch, that there's no limit to the goodness of God's intentions or his power to carry them out, we will always hold ourselves back from being fully open to know the will of God. Is there a part of us that just thinks like, there's some little catch here. Like if I'm really honest, if God really saw me, and we know that he already does, right? But what if we named our stuff before God and said, God, I'm jealous of this person. God, this, this situation's too hard for me. My marriage is hard. My friendship is hard. What if we actually said it before God named it so we could be healed? We look at the, um, the crippled person near the pool of Beshebda, and Jesus says, what is it that you want? Could you imagine God coming to you today and saying, what is it you want? I want to be healed. I want to walk. I want to see. I want to stop being jealous. I want to stop being angry. I want to stop hating my life. What if we were honest? God, I'm always irritated. He already sees it. But what if we can confess our sins to the Lord so that we can be healed and made well? If our example is Joseph being able to forgive, our example is Jesus being able to forgive, we know that will forgive us, could we actually bring ourselves before God? And I really think that God would say this to, to every single one of us. He would look us right in the eye and say, don't be afraid. I will provide for you. I will provide for your children. And he would reassure us and he would speak kindly to us, just like Joseph did to his brothers. When you confess your sins to God, <laughs> He's not surprised. He's happy. He's inviting us. He's saying the cross was powerful enough that the forgiveness is actually there, that when you bring this stuff to God, you can be forgiven. And we think of people like King David who openly for confessed his sin and kept saying, God, wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. And he did, and he forgave him. We have to stop trying to protect ourselves from God finding out because he already knows. We have to get to a place to talk openly before him. Confess and be healed. Gracie, if you want to make your way back up. This is the gospel. 
This is another angle of the gospel. If we were to look at another part of the gospel, it would just be this big word, forgiveness. God's forgiveness for, for us, but also our forgiveness towards other people. That's the gospel. That we could love each other, that God could love us. And we couldn't go over this too much. We couldn't talk about forgiveness. We could talk about forgiveness every Sunday for the next year and it wouldn't be enough because this is the crux of the gospel. If we can't forgive people, then we don't really understand how much we've been forgiven. And so during this next song, I want you to ask God to bring to mind anyone or anything that you haven't forgiven. Just ask God, God, is there anyone I have to forgive? Is there anyone? And maybe it'll be something you haven't thought of in a while. I remember a time uh, being in Bible college and asking God that question. He brought to mind something that happened years and years ago. And I had to go to that person and ask forgiveness for something. God will bring people and things to your mind at just the right moment when you're able to and that person's able to receive that forgiveness. And so during this time, ask God, God, is there anyone that I'm still holding on to? Because you know what? It's ruining your life to keep this unforgiveness. It really, really is. And then take some time to confess your sins to God so that you can be healed and whole. Like the man at the water, what is it you want? I wanna be healed. I wanna be set free from sin in my life. I wanna be set free from anger and guilt and shame and all of this, but I first have to confess it to God. We wanna stop ruining our own lives. Let's give our forgiveness to others and also receive it from God. This is a miracle. This is Christianity. This is the gospel. Let's pray. God, how is it that you keep forgiving me? Sometimes, Lord, I do the same thing again and again. Sometimes, God, I don't even recognize my own pride. Sometimes, God, I'm walking in sin for so long, and Lord, I pray that tonight you would begin to open our eyes to see a little deeper, to hear and to understand. God, I pray that supernaturally you will reveal things to us, not to shame us, God, but to make us whole and healed. God, we want to be useful for the kingdom. We don't want to be walking around with baggage. We don't want to be walking around laden with guilt and shame. We want to be free children of God. And Lord, I thank you that your cross makes that available to us. God, if there's people that we're holding on to with unforgiveness, God, I pray that we would be in, in the line of Joseph of forgiving people. Help us, God. We need supernatural strength to do it. And Lord, I pray that you would bring to our minds people that we need to forgive in our hearts. Some people that we may need to even go to and confess. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's useful and practical. It's not just theories or, or pie in the sky things, but it's real for today. And today, God, we want to be washed whiter than snow. Today, we want to confess our sins. Today, God, we want to forgive. So speak to us, God. Speak to us, Lord. God, we thank you for meeting us here. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's spend some time with the Lord, either through worship or just through prayer in your seat. Let's hear God speak to us in these next few moments.